0: Hey, this is Steph from Coffee Like Media. I'm so glad that you're listening to the Geopaths episodes. wanted to give you some information on current projects that I'm doing. You can go over to stefffuccio.com to see all of the productions that I'm working on. There's two specifically I'd like to tell you about real quick that I think you might like. If you're curious about ChatGPT and other AI use for content creation, it's coffeelike.substack.com. In that newsletter, you will find the audio, video, and written form of all the episodes that I'm creating there, where I'm experimenting with using ChatGPT for content creation purposes. Also, I'm venturing into sound design, doing my own meditation podcast. It's called Solo Work-Life Meditations. And if you work from home alone or you're a solopreneur or freelancer, I think you'll find the topics and the vibe of the podcast episodes to be really soothing And of course, if you need help with any of your podcasting needs or know anybody that does, please send them over to me at stepfuccio.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O. I do momentum calls where I help people get unstuck from their podcasting struggles and podcast audits and things like that. After seven years of content creation, I am very much so here for you to help you get your voice your stories and your messages out into the world in whatever way I can do that. Thank you so much for listening to Geopats and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. We're in a very
1: weird state right now i guess social media is better than tv i hate to say that better than the bbc right now yeah i think if, if i didn't have that i'd have a very blinkered view of what was going on really it's only because of that that you can kind of get a good view of what's going on in the country you could try to not be involved in politics but i had to get a visa for my wife to come to the uk and that's first of all that that puts you right in there with politics because immigration is this big topic in the uk right now
0: and you've made a mess of me Thank you so much, James, for joining us on the Geopets podcast. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Let's start with your geographic self. Where are you now?
1: I'm in England right now, in uh, Cambridge. I'm not from Cambridge. I've spent my entire adult life abroad, say for a few years. I first lived in the Czech Republic for, what was it, three years? It was a few trips. And China, mostly. I was in China for a decade. Zhuhai, my first year, and then I was in Beijing for a long time. And Guangzhou for the last few years. Now I've moved back to my home country.
0: Tell the listeners about your podcast.
1: There's a mixtape for every year of recorded sound. Starting with the first year, which is kind of 1853, and going through to now. So I'm using music. It's going to be, most years it's, it's, let's say 80% music, but also uh, bits of speech. So I use bits of speech from news, from films, from uh, TV, from anywhere really. Any sound recorded in that year can go into the mix. Working my way forward, I've got to uh, 1920 so far, and I'm also making uh, contemporary ones at the end of every year. Currently working on 2018, which should be out in January.
0: What inspired you to start this?
1: I don't know. I've just always been kind of immersed in music. I don't make music as a musician or anything, but I've always been playing records and things. And I I've, I've found mixtapes from when I was like seven or eight years old, I was making. So I think it's kind of been something I've done all the time. And I had, um, I, I bought a computer when I was in Prague from a friend who was leaving and it had a, a program called Cool Edit on there. And I started kind of making mixes in this program Cool Edit which turned into um, Adobe Audition later. I got to uh, Beijing, so this is like 2007. I, I started hearing some podcasts, and the podcast I was hearing is a music podcast where they played music. So I, I thought, okay, I can do that as well. And I started making – it was a previous podcast. It was called Last Night a DJ Killed My Dog. So they'd be on themes. So it, instead of by years, they'd be theme-based. And uh, those are still all up on the internet. It's the same thing, but based around a theme so the first one was like uh numbers and counting like songs with numbers and counting in them second one was breakfast it was like going through waking up and breakfast time the thing in china is i was uh, like isolated from music like when i was in england and when i was in the czech republic like music was what i did going to see bands and knowing bands and there being like a music scene especially when after i got married in china there's there's nothing I could do or go to. <laughs> so I had to kind of make something by myself. You know, there's always the internet. There's always people out there who want to hear stuff, even if you don't know anyone in your city. That's a, a way of connecting to people over music.
0: You've got your internetness, your online-ness in the UK before you left.
1: You know, my mother, well, she, she's retired now, but she's a, a computer science lecturer in a university. So in the nineties, I would go into the university and use the internet and it was painfully slow, like 95 or something. I was making a fanzine for my favorite band at that time. And I was kind of trying to look at web pages to get the equivalent of that. So I just, yeah, searched my favorite bands and uh, stuff would come up. You'd sit there for 10 minutes watching the one page load.
0: I remember those days. Just for a reference point, when did you leave the UK to go live overseas? What year was that?
1: It was kind of 2001, let's say, although I came back and then I, I left for good in 2002.
0: When did you return to the UK? How recent was that?
1: 2016 is when we moved back to the UK.
0: So we're basically talking about 2002 to 2016, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, so like 14 years. When I was in Prague, I, I was just writing this blog all the time. And all my friends were kind of as well, but I was taking it more seriously. I was writing something every day. And there was a magazine called the Prague Compass. And they, they, were, they were just setting up. They just put up their first issue. And they said, we want an expat blogger to be uh, our diary writer for the magazine I was like okay I can do that I didn't really have much work then and I didn't really have I was uh, technically homeless for about a month when I joined that (laughs) I say technically, I, I wasn't like sleeping in the streets or anything, but um, I didn't really have like a, a place to stay at that point. And I met the editor and he, uh, well, the owner, really, he, uh, I think he felt sorry for me and just gave me a job doing that for his magazine. Yeah. So I, I was running half of their website after a month or so because he didn't really know what to do with it. And so it was called PragueNet. And uh,
0: wow. Was it mostly travel
1: stuff? He he was a businessy guy and uh, he wanted, uh, he had. It, it, it's awful to think about, but our uh, main advertiser was basically a brothel in the magazine, and I would be writing these like funny reviews of things. And he's like, "No, that's not suitable. That's not going to go in there. That's not good." I'd write about like my friends, bars, and and uh, strange music. And he's like, "No, we're a, we're a lifestyle magazine. I don't want that." So it didn't really work out in the end. <laughs>
0: When you were doing your live your live journaling when you first got to Prague what were you writing about on the blogs
1: Just everything happens to me day to day it was yeah. it was such a big kind of adventure it's kind of amazing time of my life i just wanted to get it down because i'd always written like diaries it was a bit self indulgent to be fair it, it it wasn't really i wouldn't talk about anything apart from just what i was doing myself basically i i never had any like journalism training but i had to write articles about stuff so i was kind of interviewing people like in the in the bar uh, that that I knew about uh, t- a topic for the next month, things like that. So I had to kind of shift my ideas a bit.
0: Yeah, two thousand two is pretty early. Were you on a lot of websites or any forums or anything like that when you were first in in the Czech Republic, or or actually any time during those three years in the Czech Republic?
1: Uh, I don't know if it's still going. Expats. Cz. That's that was the big site, and I, I I met the guy who was running it, and. Um, there was this there was a, a a newspaper called the prague pill which was uh, for expats at that time there was artist people it was a really kind of artistic community there but that didn't work in business terms so it was kind of uh, that that newspaper folded kind of straight away all the mm-hmm. new stuff coming in was it was for the uh, upmarket expat crowd so especially that mm-hmm. expats.cz website he was trying to take the other side of it and I've kind of found that throughout everywhere I've been basically. That there's um there's the uh, arty community making stuff and they are kind of I, I don't wanna say doomed to failure, but it's it's kind of sad, those things always seem to fold. And it's the the newspaper that's catering to the 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 business people who've come over who've got like huge amounts of money to spend. That's that's who the advertisers wanna get to. All the expat portals I've seen kind of seem to go in that direction sooner or later.
0: Yeah. Well, cause you have to, they have to keep it going somehow. That must be why some folks are starting to do like Patreons and memberships and things like that in lieu of the, that advertising. I don't know if that's working any better, but you have a Patreon, don't you?
1: I do. And I can actually get some money for stuff I've created which is the first time since since Prague (laughs) actually that's a long time I haven't been paid for writing or making anything
0: so when you went back to the UK in 2016 what was the most surprising difference that you found when you were doing stuff online
1: you know the whole reverse culture shock thing and it does does exist and it is is a it is a big thing and I'm trying to separate the the on the online part of that I stayed in touch on on like WeChat for quite a while and I didn't really get up to date with like apps and things here. I, I sent out messages saying, how does it work in, in England? What, what should I be on? And people are like, oh, Instagram these days. So I, I i could try to do it from time to time, but I just, yeah, it's a hassle. You can't make links on there. I just want to link everything to my website. I don't want to be creating stuff for somebody else's website. <laughs> that feels kind of annoying. I, I guess I've got into Twitter, although I hate it as well. I, I've, I've created an account for my Centuries of Sound thing, and I, I like to go on there. I just follow sound engineers and podcasters, and it's lovely. And My my normal Twitter is just there's – there's a few arguments that have torn apart everyone I knew on there. And it's just – No, people... like
0: political arguments or yeah. something? Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I mean – I have some friends who are transgender and some other friends who are uh, kind of uh, old school feminists who uh, I guess you call them TERFs now. I, I was like, I'm not going to take a side. I'm just going to mute it. And I, of course, I had to take a side.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm very out of touch. What in the world is a TERF? Uh,
1: Trans exclusionary radical feminist.
0: What the heck is that?
1: Radical feminists who who are against transgender people. Um, what? Yeah, this is this is oh. this, this is the scandal of uh, uh oh. of uh, Twitter in the last couple of years in the UK. Yeah, I know that was the thing to adapt to. Was this, there's a lot of politics on every social media in the UK, and like even people you think are going to be friends are not friends with each other.
0: Yeah, I've heard about this a lot on Facebook where like family, friends, like people at a moment's notice, if something like this comes up, they're just like gone.
1: There's been like a lot of political things like this. I I, fortunately, my family who are online all agree with me about most things politically. So it hasn't had to be any kind of, you know, the online equivalent of the awkward Christmas or Thanksgiving kind of thing. Though I did have some from when I was traveling in, uh, various places i I went around southeast asia one time you know i I do the thing i I go to one city and i meet people in a hostel and then i travel with them to the next city so i have lots of friends from all over the world on facebook and stuff from that and especially it was 2016 you know so (laughs) there was uh there was brexit and then there was the u.s election in 2016 and some of the americans i'd made friends with traveling around southeast asia i i kind of had to unfriend on facebook because i couldn't read that stuff that was the big difference that internet was kind of innocent and apolitical in china and it's been like this huge just everything is politics since i i got there there's, there's a forum that i should have been using for ages because it's people who are very interested in music and music journalists and writers not not in a kind of uh in-depth music writers things like that and i've been spending a lot of time on there and they they talk about politics all the time as well <laughs> so I'm lucky that I'm on there. People kind of, I can discuss it with, I don't need to watch what I'm saying on there because people basically agree with me about things. My, my other Twitter account, I go between giving up on it because it's all arguments are there and then just going in and joining in with the arguments, especially just before an election right now. It's, uh, it's, it's so dominating. Everything is about that. Everything on Facebook, everything on Twitter.
0: Are you watching all of this happen, or are you doing a social media blackout until Thursday?
1: I'm watching it happen. I don't know. We're, we're in a very weird state right now. Of um, I guess social media is better than TV and better than, like uh, I, have, I hate to say that, better than the BBC right now. Yeah, I, I think if, if I didn't have that, I'd have a very blinkered view of what was going on, really. I think it's only it's only because of that that you can kind of get a good view of what's going on in the country. You, you you could try to not be involved in politics, but I had to get a visa for my wife to come to the UK, and that's first of all that that puts you right in there with politics because uh, immigration is this like big topic in the UK right now, and we have uh, I mean people, people kind of uh, you know the, the U.S. immigration policy is kind of famous and about. Um, Oh, it works but we don't have birthright citizenship in the uk we don't have if if you're married to a british person you can't get a you can't get a visa even if you're married for five years before you can get a visa even <laughs> it's it's much more restrictive than than most places in the world people don't realize quite how bad it is yeah uh, it, people get like deported all the time just there's a woman who was a uh, cambridge university and she went to do a project in uh, studying something in india and they said you've been out of the uk too long <laughs> and uh, they refused to let it come back yeah there's plenty of things like that
0: i wasn't in china to 2010 so i'm not sure what the internet was like here then what was what was internet access like
1: much better stuff wasn't blocked the firewall was it non it wasn't non-existent but it was there was there was one time in uh 2000 end of 2006 when i first when I was first there, where there was a, an earthquake, un, undersea earthquake, and it cut off the cable so, between um, like Taiwan and the USA, and th- literally you couldn't access like non-Chinese sites for a, for a while, <laughs> for like a few weeks, if you can imagine that. But yeah, that was that was the one time. But like Facebook, you could go on Facebook, you could go on Google, you could go on. I had a student in Beijing who was working at MySpace headquarters in Beijing, and he was uh, one of the the guy's organizing uh, MySpace in China, which was going fine. I, I don't know if they even bothered blocking MySpace. They've tried reboots a few times. But when, when there was the, the MySpace era and that, that was, that was all fully available. That was all free. When they started to block things, I think, um, I forget what it was. Uh, there, was a, there was a website called Anonymous. It is kind of like you could just di- redirect. So it just changes the URL and you could just use any website it was very easy <laughs> so it, it was it was fine using it it was just slow you couldn't stream video from from the from UK or America no way but um it was it was fine as far as things you were actually using when did it start becoming difficult
0: 2009ish cuz it we got here and it wasn't blocked and during the year we were here then it got blocked so it must have been between 2009 and 2010
1: i think you could use google until like 2014 something like that
0: it, it was a very slow block and we were still using a free vpn at that point and it gave us access to everything so i mean it wasn't very it wasn't very efficient block
1: yet i remember it that the vpns had lots more trouble like this 2014 i think was the time when suddenly you couldn't use free vpns they didn't work at all and the the paid ones you had to keep getting like updates you'd be offline for a week or something I remember those. That that was when I left. It was in that kind of state. I think for big companies, it's still okay though, isn't it? They've got their uh, private connections that just kind of. They do. Uh, t- yeah. Tunnels. Yeah. But it's, it's okay yeah. for them. For now. Because <laughs> uh, I, I work for, work for EF and everything's coming from Boston. You, you log onto this Boston server. And it's, it's bizarre. It's, yeah. Everything's kind of running from. From there.
0: Okay, so when you moved to China, there was free access. What were you doing online? Was it still a lot of reading the news, or
1: I had a, a weird food blog. It was called Food Tube, and it, it sounds like it's YouTube, but it's pre YouTube actually because it's uh, 2006. I, I did. It wasn't videos. It was just I I'd uh, go around Zhuhai finding weirdest food take photos of it and eat it and review it. I, I could find lots of really weird food. This was all still on LiveJournal, so it, it got some attention at that point. I don't know if I want to publicise that too much because I feel a bit weird about some things I ate now.
0: Is it still online?
1: It's still online.
0: Oh, no! Yeah, you can
1: find that, I'm sure. I don't I don't know if LiveJournal is uh, what's happened to it recently. It's, it's, it's been bought by a Russian company and... Um, yeah, that was ages ago as well. But it's probably still there. Food Tube, Live Journal. I, I ate dog on there one time, and that was very controversial. And I, I I found out some things about it afterwards, and I feel like I shouldn't have done that now. So um, that was kind of the end of doing that. There's a photo I think I've removed of, of the rat's foot. <laughs> I didn't want to be existing anymore. Um, oh.
0: oh, that doesn't seem safe. Um, yeah. So, Did you eat the rat? I didn't
1: eat the foot. It was in uh, Guilin they had a bamboo rat, which I think is technically not a rat, but it's a rodent, so that's for sure. It's disgusting.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, it's it's mostly the disease part of the rats and stuff that's
1: dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I definitely I don't, don't do that now.
0: But it's easy. To, when you come from the West and how sanitized we look at food, and then you come to the East where they eat, a lot of different kinds of things and different parts of the animals that we don't. It's easy to go. That's really weird to everything.
1: I found some food that would freak out Chinese people that I eat at home. If you tell people about live oysters, then they they can't believe you foreigners eat live oysters. But I, yeah, the, it's like I would never eat anything that's alive. It's like yeah, that's actually I I, I did, and I, it's not that weird for me. I don't know. I think actually most English people don't don't like live oysters. Roll through streets, picking up garbage
0: every day since I've been
1: here with you. Picking up knowledge, hauling trash to the yard, taking class and my college. Very deep, garbage heap, I can't sleep. You've made a mess of me. Of the stink